Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about Hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit HopeChurchMemphis.com. Today's message comes from community engagement pastor Chad Johnson. We are in the middle of a series called Mountain Sessions, right, where we're looking at the lessons of leadership through Moses' lives through the ups and downs, mountaintops and valleys, if you will, right? Now, before you think, oh, this, this sermon's about leaders, uh, and you chime in or chime out, and you try to take a, go get some coffee or something like that, let me stop you, don't run away. We've said this at the beginning of every sermon in this series. No matter who you are or where you come from, if you're a Jesus follower especially, you lead people. I like to say it in this way. We are leaders when we influence someone's life, right? If we have influence at all in anybody's life, we're leading others. If we're a parent, if we're a friend, if we're a neighbor, a teammate, a coworker, a spouse, and of course the obvious, we lead, right? And as we listen to Moses' words, as he's teaching Israel, Israel was to be leaders as well, right? God called them to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. They were to lead other nations to him. They were to influence others about who God was. And Peter actually echoes these words in the New Testament to us, for us today. It's in 1 Peter 2, 9. It says, but you are, chose, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, to proclaim the virtues of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So as Jesus' followers, we influence others, specifically in everything we do, to point back to him. Amen. So you see Moses' lessons today, his words speak to us, even as he speaks to Israel. We are to pray and care for others in all aspects of our life, right? Israel was supposed to be a light to the world, and we're supposed to be a light to the world. We are his priests, his prayer warriors, his caregivers, his leaders for those we engage with. So we all lead. We're all leaders. Which leads us back to Moses' lesson for us today. You see, I get the pleasure to teach not about just one mountaintop, but two mountaintops today, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. You ever heard those before? If you did, God love you, because I didn't. I was like, okay, Rufus, I'm gonna do the best I can. No, in all seriousness, as I dove in, these mountains are very important for us, and we don't even realize it. In fact, they're very central to a lot of Israel's story. You see, let me give you a name that you may know, Abraham. You heard that name before? Right? Abraham, when he was called to leave his father's faith and to follow God, right? God led him to the land of Shechem. Guess what? Shechem is the valley in between Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. Right? This is the exact same place that God told Abraham, this is where your kids, your inherit or your heritage will inherit the land. That's where he's given this promise. So because of this, we see Abraham's descendants oftentimes wandering in those areas. We see Jacob, uh, Jacob a few times, right, when he talks about the Jacob's well, right? We see Joseph even later, and of course we see Moses with Israel, and even past that we'll see Joshua later on. So this place is very important. So let's go ahead and dive into our text today. It's in Deuteronomy 27, 9 through 13. It says, Then Moses and the Levitical priests spoke to Israel, Be silent, O Israel, and listen. This day you have become the people of the Lord your God. You shall therefore obey the voice of the Lord your God and follow his commandments and statues I am giving you today. On that day, Moses commanded the people, when you have crossed the Jordan, these tribes shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph, and Benjamin. And these tribes shall stand on Mount Ebal to deliver the curse, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, 
Dan, and Naphtali. You see, Mount Gerizim represented the blessings of God if they obeyed, and Mount Ebal represented the lack of blessings if they disobeyed, right? So let's unpack this. Why did Moses command Israel to one day go there as his last lesson for them? First and foremost, it's to show God's faithfulness, right? Some 500 years later, after promising this land to Abraham, guess what? Abraham's descendants are finally taking it over. The promise was true. God was faithful. But he's also showing them, will you be faithful too? Or will you disobey? So secondly, this is a commandment for when they cross over the Jordan. See, many of us may not realize this, but Moses doesn't cross over the Jordan. And we'll get to that later on. This is a lesson for after he is no longer the leader. As if to say, hey, when I'm no longer with you, remember God's commandments and be faithful to them because he's been faithful to you. See, some of you may know this feeling, right? Change is inevitable. People come into our lives and they go in particular seasons, but they also can leave a lasting impact. For Moses, he led for over 40 years the Israelites, right? He cried for them, he fought with them, he raised them in the faith. And we too have people in our lives that we influence in some form or fashion, right? That they are in our lives for a season and then they are not. And as Jesus followers, I want us to think through this lesson today, do we also influence with our faith in everything that we do? Are we leaving a lasting impact in that as well? But let me ask a little, uh, little different question, but a similar question. How many of you have ever had a leader or person in, in, of influence in your life that is no longer with you or they're no longer over you, but they left a lasting impact? Think about that name right now. I'm gonna take a sip of water. Go ahead, take, it, take your chance to think about that name or names that you're no longer with or no longer under, but they've made, laid a uh, lasting impact. Awesome, you got it? All right, now let me ask you this. How many people in your past life, or life in your past, would consider your names in the same regard? Today, I hope we can walk through this lesson today, learning how to leave a lasting impact on the people that we encounter, that we have uh, uh, an influence in, that we can leave a meaningful impression on their lives, even after they're no longer with us. You see, I, I see this play out most with parents, right? Um, when we parent, we're essentially raising this child from nothing, right? And we're trying to train them to go into a cruel world that we know is cruel, but we know there's also beautiful things there, and we're trying to teach them that as, as well. But they're always defiant, and no matter what we're trying to teach them. And then the day comes that they're no longer with us. And so as parents, we wonder, did we teach them everything we were supposed to? Did I give them the best chance to succeed in this life? Did I give them one last lesson to remember their worth and who they are and whose they are? You see, this is the picture I get when I think about the lesson of Moses as he's teaching Israel in this moment. This is the lens I want us to look at Moses' lesson today between these two mountains. He left a lasting impression for many reasons, but this lesson shows how this one was so impactful. So let's get to our first question. How can we lead or influence in a way that leaves a lasting impact? There's an old Chinese proverb that says, um, uh, uh, gives us some wisdom here, but I think it's wisdom that Moses already knew. 
It says, tell me and I'll forget. Show me and I may remember, but involve me and I will understand. So we're gonna look at Moses' lesson through this as well and see what we can get. So our first point, we tell them. We tell the people around us of, uh, that we have influence in. We tell them what we want them to know. We tell them about our faith. All throughout Moses' leadership, he has shown of God's faithfulness. He has told them that God is faithful. God was faithful to rescue them from Egypt. He was faithful to feed them in the desert. He was faithful to bring water out of dry lands. He has told them over and over again that God is faithful. And above all else, in God's faithfulness, because he's faithful, we can trust him. That's what he's been telling Israel over and over again. Will you trust the Lord your God and follow him in all of your ways? Will you keep his commandments? Because if you do, blessings will flow. And if you don't, the lack of his, his goodness, the absence of his goodness will follow. So Moses tells them once again, remember this, he said. <laughs> he even starts with this. He said, be silent, O Israel, and listen those of you with kids, or if you've ever been a kid, which I'm pretty sure that covers about 100% of us, so you've heard this saying before, sit down and be quiet. Stop and listen to me. Now, I don't know if that's what Moses did here, but that's kind of what it made me think about. I've told you this before. I need you to listen again. I can't help but think that that's what Moses was thinking in his tenure with Israel as he's telling them this. If you would just listen, I've told you before, God is faithful. Will you obey him? You're literally standing in the land that he promised Abraham. He's giving it to you today. Will you obey him? He's faithful. Now, I know for my own kids, right or wrong, I'm not saying I'm the best parent. Actually, I know I'm not the best parent. But when I've told them multiple times not to do something and they go and do it and they get hurt, I don't go rush to them. I just look at them. <laughs> right? They're crying like, what happened? I was like, I... I don't say I told you so, but my eyes are. I'm like, eh. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that's the best example. I'm, I'm making sure they're okay. I'm not making sure my kids are hurt and I'll leave them there. Right? But I told them. I told them over and over again. You see, many of us want to have that response when we have influence over our, uh, others. Right? We want to say, I told you so. And if we're honest in our gut, it kind of feels good, doesn't it? Right? We were right. They were wrong. Right, we were out hiking on Mount Gerizim and you're over there hanging out on Mount Ebal. <laughs> Nothing's good over there. But we need to know the people that we care for. We all need patience because every one of us are wayward. Right, every one of us have a tendency to listen to our own voice instead of the wisdom that's around us from time to time. You see, as leaders, we need to be patient in repeating ourselves. And although it's exhausting, it does bear fruit in time. I've heard it once said before, that if you're a leader, if you have any influence over others, if they can't finish the sentence of the things that you value, you haven't said it enough. You may have felt like you've said it a 100 times, but maybe not to everyone. So we have to say it, and often regularly for others to remember it. You see, there was a, a message here, even in what Moses was teaching him here. He goes, look, it's a foreshadowing. It's a prophecy, if you will. You guys are going to fail. You're going to end up on Mount Ebal, and you're going to experience the curses. And they heard the curses, even in this lesson. And the sad truth is we do too. We fail, 
right? But as influencers, as Jesus followers, in every aspect of, of being a leader, we are to tell others of the hope that we have in God's faithfulness. So Romans 10, 14 reminds us this. Paul is telling us, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? As leaders, one of the best things that you can do is be calm under pressure. People look to you for an even head, a clear vision, and a plan of action when all else seems to fail around them. And when they ask, how can you be so calm? You can tell them the reason for our hope. You can tell them our eyes are on Mount Gerizim because our God is faithful. How will the people we lead and care for know the hope we have in times of trouble if we do not tell them? But Moses didn't just stop there. To make a lasting impact, he took a step further, which is our second point. He showed them. So we showed them. Moses instructed the Israelites to go to Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal as a visual aid and then split the tribes up on each side, right? Remember, it said, on that day, Moses commanded people, when you have crossed the Jordan, these tribes shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people, right there to read blessings out loud to everyone. And these tribes shall stand on Mount Ebal to deliver the curse, right? They're going to be reading the curses and they can see both mountains as they're hearing this. Imagine remembering Moses' instruction as you follow Joshua in his leadership over the Jordan and a few other things happen, but thinking Moses is no longer with us. Then as you travel, you see these mountains off in the distance. And I wonder if some of the Israelites were like, that's the place that Moses told us to go to. You see, it's believed that visually Mount Gerizim was covering with growth and fruitfulness and green. But Mount Ebal was dry and barren, just a valley on the other side. So it didn't take long for them to recognize which was the good mountain, which was the bad mountain. They could see visually, that's what happens if you're following in God's law, his obedience, obedience to him. That's what happens if you're not. Let me give you a modern day picture of this, what this looks like. My family and I, over the last few years, we started to try to start going on camping trips, right? Like once a year to get away from all the distractions and stuff, you know? Well, about a few weeks ago, we got to go down in South Mississippi. And I know there's no mountains in South Mississippi, but there were some trails, some good, some good trails maybe. And I say that because uh, I took my family on two different hikes. All right, I'm confessing before all of you. The first one was, it was awful. It was so bad. Uh, I thought I saw a, a, a shortcut. That was my first clue. I shouldn't take that. And it ended up leading us through muck, mud, and mire. My wife is carrying my five-month-old in a carrier. We're slipping through all this mud. It ended up being like a fresh-cut trail of someone's hunting trail. It was muddy. It was dirty. There was feeders everywhere. There was cameras. I was like, hey, guys, let's go dance in front of them. All that kind of stuff. We didn't know whose trail they were, right? We had no clue until it led to their backyard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the trail led to their backyard. It was a big backyard, right? And luckily they were in the backyard because the last thing I wanted to do was surprise someone who likes guns and hunting. <laughs> so, so my family of five were walking up like, hey guys. <laughs> we, they, were, they were really nice. They understood how we got confused. So we ended up walking to the road in front of them to get back to our campsite. I got a picture here to show you that. Yeah, yeah, that's not a good hike, right? It looks like our car broke down. It doesn't look like we're on a hike bad hike. 
Well, luckily, my wife and I, we totally redeemed ourselves. The next day, we went on a different hike. We followed the instructions, hint, hint, God's law, and we followed the map, right? And we got to see these beautiful waterfalls right here. Yeah. And then there's another one where my kids wanted to still get muddy, but they're in with the water now. Yeah. There were a lot of other waterfalls. We just ran out of M&Ms to bribe our kids, so we had to finish there. But listen, we had two hikes, one bad one, one good one. It doesn't take a genius to figure it out. And although I think my daughter is brilliant in all sorts of ways, she's four years old, and she could tell that the day before, that was a bad hike. She told me on the good hike, hey, Dad, the hike you picked yesterday was terrible. <laughs> I said, yes, sweetheart, I know. She knew it. I didn't have to tell her. She saw it, right? One bad mountain, one good mountain. Moses showed them something that they could remember. He led them to a visual aid to confirm God's faithfulness as they are in the promised land that is being given to them after 500 years, he's now asking, will you be faithful as you inherit this land? See, as influencers and leaders, don't underestimate the pictures that we show the people that we influence, specifically if that picture is your life. We have a beautiful blessing not only to tell people, but to show people. There's nothing more crippling to one's influence and one's leadership when your actions do not meet your words. Consider what the Israelites may have thought when they saw these mountains for the first time. And maybe they experienced sadness that Moses wasn't with them. All the burdens that they gave him in this trip, and they now get to experience this blessing. But why was Moses not there? It's because he was not above the law. He told them about it. Right? He was, he was not there himself because he disobeyed what God had asked him to do as a leader. See, some of you guys may know this story. He didn't listen to God's direction in Meribah Kadesh. Don't worry about the name there. What's important is he was supposed to speak to the rock for water to come out, and in his frustration, he struck it. And God says, you're not going to go into the promised land. Now, there's a lot more going on here. But that day, Moses took a figurative hike on Mount Ebal. He experienced the curse from his disobedience and did not enter the promised land. He was a great leader, arguably one of the best, second only to Christ, but even he was not above the law. See, that too carries its own message. At the foot of these mountains, in the land of the promise fulfilled, even Moses' life was a visual example of the fruit of disobedience. <clears throat> our lives, our integrity as people of God, speak even when we lead through adversity and discipline. There's an old saying that is often misquoted or taken out of context. You've probably heard it before. It says this, in everything you do, preach the gospel and when necessary, use words or speak. See, as nice as that may sound, it's not entirely on point. See, this is actually from St. Francis of Assisi. And what he's actually saying is, in everything we do, we should be preaching the word. Like first, we need to be preaching the word, but in everything else, live it out. That's what he's telling us. And as leaders, we live out what we speak out. Those around you will not forget what you say because they also see it in the way that you live. Which brings me to my last point. Moses told them again and again and again. Moses showed them even in his own life, in this visual aid as they're inheriting the promise, they see these two behemoths of mountains. Will you be faithful or will you be disobedient? So the third thing he did, he involved them. He told them. He showed them, 
and he involved them. We involve the people that we influence. Moses instructed the Israelites to go to these mountains after they crossed over the Jordan, and when they get there, they are to split up on each side. But he got them more involved than that, because after they were to do this, they were to recite the blessings, right, on one side and the curses to another. But more specifically, before they even started reciting those things, the Levites, the priests, were supposed to read these 12 curses out loud to all of them. And after they read the curses, everybody was supposed to say amen. And if you don't know what that word means, amen means so be it, may it be so, truly, truly, this can be trusted. We confirm it, we agree. So don't say amen if you don't believe in the prayer, because that's what that means. Here's an example in Deuteronomy 27, 26 of the very last curse that the Levites were reading. It said, cursed is he who does not put the words of this law into practice. And then Moses instructs them, and let all the people say amen. So let's play this out real quick, all right? Um, this side over here, y'all are gonna be Mount Gerizim, right? Y'all are the good mountain, the mountain of blessings, right? This side, whoo, over here, curses, okay? No. Um, <laughs> Y'all are gonna be Mount Ebal, no judgment here. We're just living out an example, okay? And so I'm gonna read this last curse, and then when I point to you guys, I want you all to say amen, all right? So just to kind of get a practice here. Cursed is he who does not put the words of this law into practice. Amen. Cursed is he who does not put the words of this law into practice. Cursed is he who does not put the law, put the words of this law into practice. You see, we just repeated this one three times. They read 12 different ones and then they had a whole slew of other blessings and curses. He involved them. They repeated it. They became a part of the lesson. When others are involved, they actually understand. They were invited into the lesson and into the mission, into their identity. They all agreed if they disobeyed, they would experience Mount Ebal, barrenness, the curses. So when they are fulfilling this commandment, it's Joshua who's leading the Israelites. Moses is no longer with them. You see this happen in Joshua 8. And they do everything as Moses commanded, and they were all involved in this lesson. And it's, it's a lesson that Joshua even goes back later on to his own leadership. Towards the end of his leadership, Israel has already taken over the land, they're spread all over the land, but he calls them all back to the land of Shechem, right, at the foot of these mountains. And it is here that you may have heard Joshua's most famous speech, right? Choose this day for who you will serve. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, this isn't in scripture, but it is at the foot of these mountains. I can only think Joshua is saying, choose today who you're going to serve, Mount Ebal and the curses or Mount Gerizim and the blessings. Are you going to be faithful? Because for me and my house, we're going to be faithful. This is the lesson that Joshua gave even in his last lesson. You see, when you involve others, not just tell them and show them, they have a tendency to take ownership of it. Joshua and all of Israel understood this is where it all began. It began with Abraham and even with them when they entered the land. They never forgot the impact that this lesson had on them when they were being sent into the promised land. So for you and me, as we lead, what's the lasting lesson we want people to remember? Was it that we were good at what we did? Was it that we were great friends or bosses? Or is it that we believed in something bigger than this world? 
that God is faithful. I know as Jesus followers, we can lead with quality, integrity, and that in and of itself carries great impact. But we can't measure the impact we have when we share what's behind our quality and integrity. That we serve a God who calls us out of us because he is faithful, he is perfect. We have a faithful God who meets us on every mountain and in every valley of our lives. So in closing, how do you lead? How do you influence? Right, do you simply teach by your words? Do you lead by showing? Or do you involve others so that they can one day lead and influence too? Moses gave us an example of combining all of them. Tell them, show them, and involve them to leave a lasting impact. That lasting impact teaches us of God's faithfulness and calls us to obedience in him. But it also shows us, excuse me, (coughs) of God's faithfulness even when we find ourselves on Mount Ebal. Maybe you find yourself stuck on Mount Ebal, barrenness. There's no fruit going on in your life. And maybe, if you're honest, maybe it might be because of the lack of your care towards God's word and what he's taught you. Maybe it's disobedience. And if that's so, Moses left us a picture for this as well for us today. Because before Moses commanded Israel to split up on the mountain, he commanded them to find stones and cover them with plaster, even write God's law all over the stones. And lastly, instructed them to build an altar with these stones. In Deuteronomy 27, four, five. And when you have crossed the Jordan, set up these stones on Mount Ebal, as I command you today, and coat them with plaster. In verse five, build there an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. Now, where did Moses instruct Israel to build the altar? Mount Ebal, right? Where? All right, okay, all right. No, no, y'all aren't getting it yet. Listen, listen. <laughs> I'm kind of like Rufus. I might start, start preaching here, guys. Be careful. He built it on Mount Ebal. Mount Ebal represents the curses, right? So imagine you're out hiking and you're realizing you're on a bad hike. There's nothing good happening here, right? And you find yourself on the side of disobedience. But somewhere along the way, God love him. He has given us an altar on our hike on Mount Ebal in the middle of it. This is an altering for our forgiveness. If you're looking, this altar is for you. If you're looking, you will find this altar even when we mess up. You may think you're too far in this hike up this mountain, right? But I assure you, there's an altar waiting for you. And instead of more curses, you find the opportunity for your curses to be absorbed, to be wiped away. And on this altar, instead of feeling hopelessness, you get to set your eyes on Mount Gerizim. You get to see the hope of God's faithfulness in you. In this same manner, when Jesus himself met the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well, guess what? In Shechem, some 2,000 years later at the foot of these mountains, he gave the Samaritan woman a choice. You can keep drawing from this well a life of brokenness, Mount Ebal, or you can keep drinking, or you can drink of the living water that will never run dry for you, Mount Gerizim. So before Israel and before us today, we stand at the foot of these two mountains, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. And when we find ourselves on the wrong mountain, God has given us an altar in Christ himself to bring his truth back into our lives again 
So as we lead, guys, as we influence, don't forget to remind others of that truth as well. Don't just tell them. Don't just show them. But also involve them in what we believe in. Amen? Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that even in Moses' leadership, you lead us today. I thank you that he has given us an example of obedience to you and your faithfulness to us. But God, I thank you even more for your son, that when we find ourselves on the wrong side, we're in our own disobedience, you have given us forgiveness. So allow us to lead and teach in all these wisdoms and all these things so that we can continue to be your priests, a holy nation for you. We love you, we praise you, and then we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Openheisen, musical worship director at Hope. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship experience, visit the Hope Church Memphis YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Again, thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast.